0: Today we're going from antagonists to full-on villains. We're going to cover Lalo Salamanca, played by Tony Dalton. Uh, Because of the way I watched this show, I actually came across Tony Dalton in The Hawkeye Show, where he was kind of a goofy character and kind of an antagonist. But I didn't really know his range until I saw Lalo Salamanca in Better Call Saul. He's now regarded as one of the most compelling villains in all of the giller and I think you can see why. I'm gonna play his introduction and then play what to me is his most memorable scene. So, in this intro scene, he talks to Michael Mando as Inácio Vaga, and both of them speak Spanish. So, for those who don't speak Spanish, the only thing you really need to know is that this is the first time you see Lalo Salamanca. He inserts himself with no explanation and completely takes over and say, Te vas a morir to Nacho, which means you're going to die. <laughs>
1: Llegaste aquí justo a tiempo. Hold on one second. Wait. You are going to love this. I made this just for you. Nunca en tu vida has probado algo tan delicioso, ¿eh? De verdad. Mira, espérame, espérame. Te vas a morir. Muchas gracias. Huélelo. No me puedes decir que no, ¿eh? Estás loco. Ahí usted pasó, Tema. ¿Cómo? ¿No tienes hambre? Es tu problema. Esto es una receta especial. Secreta. De la familia. Es
2: Salomón Café,
1: mire. Yo soy Eduardo. Pedí un comi, Lalo. Y tú debes de ser Varga, ¿no? Sí, me dijeron que eras un tipo inteligente. Mira, aquí estás, y que lo eres. What are you doing here? I'm just here to lend a helping hand, you know, make sure the business is running in order. I got a,
3: I got a good head for
1: numbers. But listen, don't even worry gonna be like,
0: I'm not even here. I think something I really appreciate is how sinister it is when the villain character says something that is extremely polite and very nice, and it's obviously not true. <laughs> and I uh, think you can see this guy emanate that from the first second he's on the screen. In my mind, his most memorable scene is an interrogation scene where he walks in on Jimmy and Kim at home. I'm going to set the scene a little bit. Jimmy has just come from a multi-day trek in the desert because of a shootout and a car breakdown, long story. But he's come home. He's done a job for Lalo Salamanca, and he's not told him the whole story, and he's not told Kim the whole story, and he's just at home with Kim, his wife. And Lalo comes in, and he gets this heads up from Mike saying, put me on the phone and don't say another word and through most of the scene there's just so much tension building from mike watching through his sniper rifle and from lalo basically invading their home and just being polite but really menacing again
2: yeah
1: listen to me put your phone down leave it on so i can hear
0: so you can hear
2: you what
1: do what i said right now put it down somewhere it can't be seen
2: Jimmy. Hey, guys. I come in? Lalo. Thought you'd be down south enjoying your freedom.
1: Yeah, well. Had some business to attend to. Told you he'd be
2: back. Nice. I like it. Alec, hey, you want a drink? Uh, we got some beer in the fridge. Unless you're not staying. In it. You, should, um, you, you shouldn't. I'm sorry. i sorry. You shouldn't do that. It upsets the fish. Look, you want to talk, we can talk, but uh, Kim was just stepping out, so. Nah, she could stay. I mean,
1: she is part of the legal team, right? Hey, relax, sit down, we're just gonna talk. Come on,
2: sit. Okay. Tell me
1: what happened. What happened? Yeah, when uh, when you picked up the money.
2: Just walk me through it. What I told you already? Yes. Fine, I, uh, I picked up the money from your cousins. It was right where you told me it would be. And driving back, my car crapped out. It about six or seven miles from the pickup site. There's no phone service. So I walked north through the desert all night. Well, I slept a little. Then in the morning, I walked again until I made it to a truck stop. I went into the bathroom and cleaned up. I bought some clothes and I I called a cab. I delivered the money. Took him a couple hours to count it. Usual rigmarole, and then I, I saw you. Tell me
4: again.
1: What? Tell me again.
2: I picked up the money from those two uh, fine gentlemen. My car broke down after about well, just 10 minutes. There was no phone service, and I was afraid to hitchhike because of how much money was. And uh, I ran out of water, so I had to drink my own pee. Yes. A lot of it. So you want a detail, so you go. And then I uh, finally made it to a truck stop. I called a cab and I waited and then he took me directly to the courthouse. I paid your bail and I got you out. I'm, I'm not sure what you're looking for here, but there, there you go.
1: I just want to hear the story.
2: Lala, this is exactly what he told me, so if you could just...
1: i just like to hear the story. I mean, I paid a lot of money for that story, so I think I can hear it as much as I want.
2: my car's engine went, uh, I tried to fix it, but it was overheated or something. So I walked north through the desert. I walked and I walked and I walked. Those heavy, heavy bags. I walked and I walked and I walked and I finally made it to a truck stop. And I went right to the bathroom and I stuck my head under the faucet and I bought a giant pack of energy drinks and I called a taxi and I waited. I don't know what the problem is, but can she leave here? She doesn't need to be here. She had nothing to do with it. It was me. It was all me. It was all you, huh? Yeah. What'd you do, Saul?
4: Hmm?
2: Whatever you think I did. I don't really know.
1: I just... just, I saw your car. Okay. You push it in a ditch? What? Did you push it in a ditch?
0: There's a lot to this character. I just love villains who are barbarians in every form. And Lalo beats Gus Fring in that respect. And part of what's fascinating to me about writing a sequel is how much you have to live up to when the original material was so highly regarded and you can see that in Better Call Saul the solution is to invent a counterpart to every single one of the main characters that you're going to repeat. So so Jimmy has Chuck, Mike has Nacho, and Gus has Lalo. So we're very intentionally exploring the characters that were specially created just for Better Call Saul as a compliment to everyone that you already know and love in Breaking Bad. Hey this is Editor Six If you're hearing this, then you actually downloaded the episode late because what you just heard was the ending of the original episode. Um, But you'll see there's more than half the episode to go because I'm about to add a new clip. I was just listening to the BCS Insider podcast and have... Tony Dalton and Vince Gilligan weigh in on the creation of the character. I just feel it's so unique and I could not leave it out. There's no other place that I'm ever going to touch Better Call Saul again. So I'm tacking it on to the end of this episode. Here is the origin story of Lalo Salamanca.
5: We had this big event at the end of 607 with, with, you know, that we'd been building half the season towards uh, where Lalo shows up and kills Howard Hamlin. And we just... We just sort of followed the consequences of that and wanted to be very, very detailed about like, why was this a good plan? Why does Lalo, what, is Lalo just chaotic? And we didn't feel like, we, we feel, felt like the character was not, you know, he doesn't kill uh, Margarita in in Germany because he only kills when he has to. He's not just like, yeah. he doesn't kill the dog. He could have killed the dog, but like he doesn't do that. So it felt like we needed to pay off that this was a smart plan and that it was a calculated uh, risk that he'd taken and uh, that meant laying some groundwork and just following it through and staying with our characters as much as as much as we could.
3: Yeah, well put and and Gordon wrote the hell out of this one and uh, just did a great it was a great script It was fun to direct and, of course, working with Tony Jesus that yeah. was so much fun you were so much fun that was it what's what's this. I mean, is this character? How do you see this character, Tony? Is he? Is he? I mean, is he? Is he a guy you'd want to have a beer with, or would he scare the? He he scares the hell out of me. He's charming as hell, but I'd cross the street to avoid him.
1: Yeah, I think you'd want to have one beer with him, but maybe three or four, he could get a little cray cray, you know. Yeah, the character super fun. I mean, it was it was fun written from the beginning when um, when I first read it when he was cooking for Nacho at the at the Michoacana, and just kind of we just kind of just went from there. You know, I think it kind of worked with everybody. It just started everybody just started seeing how this all started fitting in from from the writing to the directing to the to the editing to the music to everything, and it just worked out great.
4: Hey, can I ask a question? Um, just to backtrack a little bit, Tony, is this your first time on the podcast?
1: It is, yes.
4: Okay. And so just to backtrack, because I'm, I'm sorry, I've been inundated with, with data um, in the last couple of years. When did Lalo first appear? Was it, what season was it? 408. Okay. So it was two seasons <laughs> yeah. ago. Last, I think the last scene of
1: 408.
4: And I, I, remember, I remember when, um, Chris, was that the year that I was in New York?
5: It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So,
4: So I just remember when I first saw Lalo, I was like going, man, who is this guy? I mean, he's part of the cartel. And, you know, but I just, as the character developed, I was like thinking how smart he was, how like winning he was, how confident he was, and also how just, you know, just like you said, charming. Tony, you got this great smile. I remember meeting you at the premiere with Um, Michael Mando a couple of weeks ago and I was like man this guy you know so I'm just curious like Vince and and Gordon can you guys talk about how you guys like found Tony Dalton
5: and what was your experience like you know feel free to chime in too Tony about like being found (laughs) no I mean we it was it was our normal casting it was a little bit uh, sped up because we knew it was going to be a big character uh, and we kind of knew in my memory I think we started casting during 403 because I was in Albuquerque at the time and watching tapes with um, with Melissa Bernstein uh, for for 408 which I also wrote. Um, So, you know, we we had a bunch of people we had it we had contenders and of course it was like narrowing down but like. It just kept coming back to to Tony, and I think we had the opportunity. Uh, the casting folks that we have, our our Bialy Thomas casting folks, who are so great, they're like, "Hey, Tony Dalton happens to be in Los Angeles. Is it worth?" We they knew he was a contender from his first read, and so they're like, "Is there anything that you would want him to do?" And uh, so I was like, "Yes," and gave it a, a slightly different because he you'd done kind of. Tony, I don't know if you remember this, but it was like you had done kind of the version that's that's really funny. It was the it was the kind of like the Lalo side that was smiley but still scary. And so I was just like, well, see if you can do it a little scarier. And then so we had these two versions, which kind of are the bookends of the character that we got to we got to see. Uh, and and then it was from there it was like we had some we had a couple other people that we were looking at, and it was like, no, this is the guy. This has got to be the guy that we we go with. So uh, that was. It was a long pro it it took it did take us some time because we knew it was such an important character and we thought this was a character that we're going to probably come back to uh it just felt like to to pay off how scared jimmy slash saul is in breaking bad right he's there's a there's a demon that's been haunting him for for years we knew we knew that so we knew that we needed to like build a character that was going to have some legs and was we we were going to have to see why he was terrifying um and and luckily tony is terrifying so we we were we were able to bring that out <laughs>
3: he's
4: charmingly terrifying
5: oh yeah it's I,
4: I i
3: i'm so glad you guys are not just relying on my memories uh for these <laughs> podcasts i don't remember all those details gordon just said which is why i'm glad he he answered that question i will add only that all i remember is seeing tony just saying yet again thank god for uh, sharon and sherry and Russell, for sure. Thank God for Bialy Thomas, who have found so many marvelous, marvelous actors over the years for us. I watched uh, Tony's audition and just said, "Jesus Christ, where, where, where did this guy come from? He's fantastic." <laughs> so it, yeah. that's, yeah, that's that's my memory of it. And uh, and and I, you know, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. People who've listened to this podcast probably heard me in some forum or another say this. I. I'm embarrassed, I feel sheepish about what I'm about to say, I, I didn't, it was so hard trying to come up with who this Lalo character was, and the whole point of it was, the whole point of having a Lalo character was, uh, at least at the the impetus of it, the initial moment of it was because of some throwaway line that Saul Goodman says in his very first episode in Breaking Bad, he says, he says, oh, no, no, not to tell Lalo, it wasn't, I wouldn't, you know, it wasn't me, it was Ignacio. And it's this throwaway line that meant nothing. I mean, it meant because I was there. It meant nothing in Breaking Bad. <laughs> it was this. It was because we didn't even know the character Saul Goodman was going to be important. And all credit to uh, to to Peter Gould and to and and all and and Gordon, and all the other writers. They kept saying we got to get Lalo in there. We got to explain why he reacted. And I and I said yeah, sure. And then the months dragged by, and like we're <laughs> we're not any closer to figuring out who this Lalo guy is. And I kept, I started to say, you know, who cares? It was just a throwaway line. This guy, he's, he contains multitudes, this crazy character. <laughs> Saul he, he's got all kinds of shit going on. Is Who cares? But Peter's stuck at it and said, we gotta, we gotta have a Lalo. We gotta get Lalo into the show. And if, if, if I had won that, it wasn't really an argument. I just kept kind of saying that, you know, but if, mm-hmm. if, if, if Peter had listened, we wouldn't have Tony Dalton in our. Better call Saul Universe and the world would be the fans, I would be, we would all be poorer for it. So I really (laughs) appreciate Peter pushing for that.
4: Hey Tony, I I got a I got a question for you. I mean that um so when you when you actually got this part, had you seen Breaking Bad? There's so many um actors that we've asked, you know, that have or haven't and you know didn't really know what they were getting into. I was just curious, had you um, watched the show? Had you been a fan of the show? Did you know what you were walking into? And also, did you know, did they tell you that it was going to be this long-term thing or? First, yeah, I'd watched,
1: I mean, I'd watched uh, Breaking Bad and I watched, uh, I mean, not all of Saul, but I wasn't exactly up to date to it, but I'd watched, I think, first two seasons. And no, I had no idea. I thought it was only going to be two episodes. I thought it was only going to be those last two episodes, maybe something of the third one. And then after those two, when the next season came in, they're like, hey, listen, we want you to be kind of part of the, of the sort of the main cast. I was like, okay, that sounds great. Then I started realizing, um, sort of, what the importance of of Lalo was in in this whole universe of of Breaking Bad and of Saul Goodman. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't even know, I mean, because I've asked these guys and they always kind of go around. I don't even know if they had it in mind for the character to be that big in the first place, you know? Because I don't know if you guys, do you guys already know what's gonna happen or you just kind of start feeling sort of taking a feel around things and then just start working around that i mean do you have already an ending when you guys are sitting down and writing it or is it just kind of like well it could go this way or it could go that way
3: Just we're bullshitting our way through it just yeah. second by second
0: That's,
3: what, that's the short i'm like answer. i can answer that question for you no
0: that's amazing
4: i'm not even there man but i've asked that so many times no Sorry, I don't mean to speak for y'all guys. No, no, but it's
3: it, I, I'm kind of joking. I'm kind of not, but but uh, there are a lot of things at play. Gordon and Gordon mentioned earlier about Lalo had to be, he had to we had to do something enough with him that he that he'd be that scary to the yeah. yeah. You want to talk about that, Gordon?
5: Yeah, I mean we we felt because way back when you talk about the origin of the character, we thought maybe there, the, when we started in season one. We where, where we kind of thought that he was going to be Saul Goodman, calling himself Saul Goodman and wearing the crazy suits by the end of the first season. Uh, there was a version early on where we thought that the character of Ignacio might be Lalo, but then we were like, no, this 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 we need to give Lalo even a bigger entrance than this. We need to give Lalo more do, and he needs to be he needs to kind of come in like thunder, you know. Uh, so I, that was my memory of it, at least that we 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 knew that there was. An importance that we needed to to deal with, and also, i I don't think we knew. I I don't think we knew exactly what that was going to be. But I think once we saw what was happening, especially in those last few 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 episodes of season four with um with Lalo and Mike, where we're like, this is a guy who's like going toe to toe with Mike, who we've just sort of established as almost a uh, super heroically competent, like just one of the the character who gets everything done and if somebody's thwarting mike or getting around mike it's like that's that's a that's a huge thing for us sort right. of narratively and so we're like oh this might be somebody that we can st- that i i think we started feeling like this might be something that can tie the glue of our two sides together our our sort of our our jimmy world our mike world our our cartel world like this is a character that's so chaotic and so you know has so many so many sides that maybe we it would be fun to see him bringing them together which eventually we we, I don't think I I had I didn't have any idea what that was we talked about options but uh in the end I think that was what uh the potential was I think that 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 we then pushed on
3: can I add to that though everything that Gordon said absolutely correct but those are he's talking about kind of our hopes and dreams at that point but uh yeah then the 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 cold light of day shines on you in terms of you know you got to go with the person that you hire you got to go with the actor who, who you hope will get you there and so you know, you're you always hoping you watch that audition but it's only it's two or three minutes of 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 of, mm-hmm. of an actor playing a role and so you're you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit and you're you're hoping that it's going to work out and with in tony's case same with ray sehorn as another example same with Aaron Paul back in Breaking Bad, you just you win the lottery and you get so much more than you even hoped and dreamed for. And I think Lalo, I, I believe everything Gordon said is accurate, but I I think Lalo became even a bigger character still than he would have because Tony sure. is so magnificent in the role. And just like uh, the Kim Wexler uh, was going to be, you know, maybe kind of a love interest in the first half of the first season or something at, at worst. And then you find out you know uh, oh my god uh, this actress is so good you know and then you build like you know it's it's that's that's kind of the yeah. way it works it, it, there is you have to kind of roll with it in the writer's room and on the set you kind of roll with with who you've hired and if they could do it then you get more to do and if they do that you get more to do and mm-hmm. that's that's how our very best characters have come to be
5: yeah i i, I remember feeling when we like uh, that that moment of going, okay, this is gonna, this guy's going to be really in it because we were on, uh, uh, we were on set for four hundred eight. It was the the scene at the end that, that Tony that you were doing, and I don't know, if, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, this this was like we're bringing in this character, and what's what's this? We're getting used to an actor. We don't don't know who this is, and you came in and you came up to me and we're like, hey, there's this line here about the spice that he uses, and I think I'd put in like cumin right or something like that and you're like and i'm I'm, you know it's an actor coming up to you first thing to be like you're the writer you screwed up a line so you get really it's hard not (laughs) to get defensive but it was tony was like i think we can do better what about there's a spice it's epazote you can do this it's it's a little bit more authentic it'll feel like it's not just a, a generic spice and i'm like oh you're you're looking at this and going how do I make this better? Not you guys fuck this up or something like that, you know? <laughs> and so, and we—I mean, I think that's the line we we did. And I was like, uh, I was—I I, I was very great. That's the kind of feedback that's so great when an actor comes to you and is like, you know, there's something I'm feeling from from my character's point of view that I think we can make this we can make this different, we can make this more fun. And it's not to say that what's there is bad, but just like let's let's lift it. And so, uh, and we did. And I thought it was—I was like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be great <laughs>
3: that's that. that was I, I don't think i'd heard that that's a great story i love that
4: i'm gonna i'm gonna pretty much assume go on a limb and just say so this ending where how how Lalo was gonna die that was definitely not something that y'all when did that how did y'all figure that one out that lalo was going to kill howard and that they were going to be buried together in, in the floor of the super lab yeah
3: late in the game. Gordon might have a, I mean, no, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's just, if you know, I know I know you're serious. No, I mean, I'm not, but I'm not being funny or blase about it. It's, this is as, as, as a favorite phrase of mine, a now favorite phrase that uh, Peter Gould introduced me to is that's not a, that's not a bug. That's a feature. And (laughs) I had never heard that until he said it. Maybe everyone in the world had heard it, but I'm, I'm not a computer guy, but, uh, I love that phrase, and it's not it's not a bug, it's a feature in, 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 in other words, coming to this stuff late rather than early is, is, I think, exactly the way you want to do it. You, 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 I've, I've, I've I've talked to, I've heard interviews with uh, writers of TV shows, I've talked to them personally, who said I knew the ending right before I even set foot on the pilot, uh, the, the first day of the pilot shoot, I, I knew the ending. More power to them. But to me you are robbing yourself of potential riches if you right. it's great to have an idea it's great it's fantastic it's better to have that idea for that final episode than not but if you get the blinkers the blinders whatever you put on a horse if you get those on and and you say no no i got the ending and you discard along the way better ideas you're 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 poorer for it and uh, so so coming up with this stuff late in the game is a natural progression of, of telling a story, building building that brick, you know, building that uh, aqueduct brick by brick, you know, until it stretches across, the, you know, whatever the hell I'm trying to say. <laughs> right yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you want to come up with it later rather than yeah. earlier.
5: And I think I, towards that, it's I feel like I completely agree. And I feel like one of the things that the process that, that you've built here, Vince, that this team kind of works with is just beating the living hell out of story points right so you know that by the time it's gotten there it's undergone a stress test where you've had every writer is trying is going is this the right way so we tried things where we're like well does should mike kill lalo and should is that the is that the right way well is it gus is it how does that happen what's the what's the best thing and then what i don't think we figured out the we didn't figure out where the the super lab burying the two bodies together until we had figured out that both of them were dead like that i think we were like okay we've finally gotten to the point we've kindly figured out what this sort of move counter move that that these characters have gone through looks like and then we're like what would be the sort of what what do we do with these two what do we do with the bodies we still had an act left we knew that like there needed to be something yeah um and I think both you and Allison, in my memory, uh, said at this, we're, we're like at the same time going. God, wouldn't it be great if we could just figure out if we could bury them under the super lab? And it was like, and people were like, "How does that work? Why does that make sense?" What? And so we had to beat the hell out of that too, and just be like, "Well, sh- sh- is that smart? Is that safe? How do you get them there? What? Why bury them together?" All, all Definitely of this not are... safe. Yes, nothing so, safe about anything that happens down there. No, it's it's for not for a record. A... Yes. It is a tomb. So, yeah. uh, but what, but but we had to kind of like kick out, throw ideas out, discard them, throw ideas out, discard them. And then it was like, no, this is, at a certain point, it just feels inevitable. And you're like, yeah, this is the right place. This is the right ending. This is the right way to let this come to rest.
0: Now, as final commentary, I know we've had the, we're at the 30 minute mark, uh, so we're kind of long, but whatever. At this point, if you're not a Better Call Saul fan, I don't know what else to say to you. Um, but, the final commentary I wanted to make was to observe the timelines that are going on here. They started casting Lalo in Season 4, Episode 2 or 3. That's what they said in this uh, clip. And Lalo debuted in Season 4, Episode 8 or 9. Um, and this is such a major character. If you watch Better Call Saul, pretty much he immediately becomes the next the most immediate threat after Chuck and after Hector Salamanca. And it's just so casual that they're kind of doing that, and it's so much, so much of improv, which I typically would not want to leave to chance. Like, I would want to plan all this out when I write something. But I really like how they really stress the process of putting characters into unique situations and then figuring out what they would do instead of having a plot and then try to force a character into that plot. So I guess it's a lot more chaotic than it seems, but it comes out really nice. And it actually does make me wonder how many shows out there that are regarded to be the best shows work like this, that they are character driven first and not plot driven. Um, it, It's weird. It's a weird thing to say because ultimately they do have a plot, but the plot emerges out of characters interacting in some kind of virtual space in the writer's heads, rather than having some predetermined path that forces characters to do something out of character because that is what the plot requires. So I just think it's an interesting comparison. I would love someone who knows all the TV shows and how they're written to do a little table and do some data of just, okay, if you're going to do and plan out everything Are you going to end up with a mediocre show and do a disproportionate amount of the top shows end up being character driven? I suspect that's the case.